The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Ling Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoit with United Country Realty, the Law Office of David A. Bates, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yao. Good morning and welcome in <laughs> to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Welcome, Mo. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Mo missed the standby. I guess. He was outside the door when you said we're out of Fox News. Oh, uh, was he? Okay. <laughs> no, actually I was. I just it just didn't register. Okay. That's all right. <laughs> Good That's morning. All right. It it's just a uh um further cementing that this is a live show. Oh, we are live. We are live. <laughs> live and this is not a test. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'd ask you how you're doing, Mo, but uh everyone, you, you need to. Everyone knows that you are uh you you are up and out of this morning. No, you you need to ask though. <laughs> I was also because I asked you how you're doing, Mo. Mm-mm. What Mm-mm. what if somebody out there needs to know how JP's doing? Oh, you got to ask that. Well, I used to ask both of you, yeah. how are y'all doing this morning? And, and you neglected to ask. And, and yeah. it's it's a whole ordeal. Maybe we should just give a status to take that off of Chris, JP. I'm fine. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling hopeful this morning. Hopeful. Yes. Very uh, good. Hopeful and inspired. I, yes. Hopeful and inspired. I, yes, I had a good. question mm-hmm. that, that popped in my mind right before we came on the air, and I'll ask it. During the break. Okay. All right. So it is Thursday. That means that we have our friends from Franklin County joining us this morning on WZYX. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us down there as we are prepping to talk high school basketball and wrestling and bowling and everything else that goes along with it. Um, Lots of stuff to talk about in this show. As you well know, we are four days into a Tennessee athletics director and coaching search, and we'll talk about that in the second hour, maybe even in the uh, first hour, because I have a question that I need you guys to weigh in on, <laughs> and it may take an entire segment to have that conversation. Oh, boy. It's it's a it's a really good question. If it's the question, I think it is. It's a pretty deep question. As as Mrs. Me Wallace says in Pulp Fiction, you've really got something to say. 
<laughs> love that movie. Oh, man. Every time I play the twist, I'm like, give me your best Uma Thurman and yep. John Travolta impression. <laughs> Zed is dead. <laughs> Who's that, baby? Oh, dead. yeah. So it, it's a pretty deep question, pretty, pretty elaborate <laughs> answers. Uh, and, and we'll get some really good answers, I think. So you'll definitely want to take a take time to listen to that segment today because Tennessee football coaching search is obviously a, among the top news stories in this state as far as sports are concerned. And, of course, you know, as we are preparing for the weekend, the National Football League is still planning to play football on Sunday, so whether or not I get to see any of it as uh, there's a baby shower that I'll have to go pick stuff up from after, at some point. <laughs> it's not a shower. No, no, a, no, no, no. So this is a, this oh, is a shower. shower. Oh. Nashville's a sprinkle. Oh, my bad. Yeah, okay. we're, we're having two. I got the shower and the sprinkle mixed up. Yeah, so, you know, when you have people in Alabama and people up here, you get to have two. I, th- I think you need to um, – let our listeners in on exactly the difference between a shower and a, a and this is a baby shower as opposed to a baby sprinkle. Yes, the the shower, the baby shower. We, I feel like it's a it's a place where you know you go rent a building and you invite your friends and you decorate it and all that. Or somebody hosts it at their home. Or somebody's hosting yeah. it, right? A sprinkle is one where you know maybe eight or ten of your friends go out to brunch or lunch this thing um you go out to brunch or lunch or something like that and and maybe they bring gifts maybe they bring gift cards but nothing you know crazy so that's what we're having november 7th on super bowl sunday it's the sprinkle Sprinkle. either way i'm not gonna be at either of them until the afterwards when i have to haul the stuff out well pack it up if yesterday was any indication patrick mahomes will be there that is what it appears. Because he practiced. He practiced. He was full go yesterday. So the Chiefs and the Bills should be able to play Sunday as scheduled. Apparently they should have played to, yesterday. According to Colin Cowherd, he was available. As soon as he's available, as as he said. That's, there you go. that's what he said. There you go. As soon as he's available. <laughs> uh, should have played on Wednesday of I'm, this week. I'm, I'm not sure even Cowherd. I don't, I'm not sure that's what he Meant <laughs> certainly would not want to speak for Cowherd. Oh, definitely but, not. Yeah, <laughs> we don't want to speak for him at all. Oh man, yeah. So this is a this is a, a good show we've got coming up for you. Really uh, excited about bringing you some information on. Uh, there was actually high school hoops last night. There was high school bowling last night. Uh, um, to be honest with you, I thought it was a. Uh, I thought it was a really good Wednesday. I mean, typically Wednesday I'm at the house or whatever, but I got to see a really good basketball game last night in Spring Hill as uh, Summit and Spring Hill's girls took to the court and the boys followed. Um, so, yeah, we'll talk about that later this hour. We've got the rundown coming up here in just a minute, but, again, it's um, it's going to be a fun show, and we appreciate you guys tuning in. Oh, I thought you were. No, I was. Just, I'm just. I thought you had something to say. No, I'm just. I'm just mesmerized by your voice. <laughs> no, that's you. That's got something to say later in the show. 
Chris has always got something. So. Yes, he does. I, <laughs> yes, he does. I, I have an opinion, and and we are thankful for that. Mm-hmm. I have an opinion, and this is. Let's just say this: I have an opinion. I haven't finished the story yet, but there will be a column on sm-tnsports.com later today, Ooh. entitled. Make it make sense. T double S double A. Oh, a column. I'm looking forward to that because we don't do a lot of those. I was gonna say, haven't uh, haven't seen one in a while. It's an it's definitely an editorial. You haven't had something to say in a while, apparently. Well not to this degree. Yes. I didn't realize I just found out last night this particular Y I L yesterday I learned. I did. And I was I'm telling you that this is mind blowing, y'all. If you if you are not aware that spring sports and spring football, there are some illogical decisions being made. No, by the TWSAA. No, really. And uh, I'm just going to ask them to make it make sense for me. So I'll let you guys know on Twitter at sm underscore tn sports. And uh, when that publishes and on Facebook at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports, just just check that out. I, you're, most people will probably agree with me. Because make it make sense. Yep. Very very few times do does the TWSAA. That's kind of your mantra, sense. isn't it? It, it? Well, I mean, all of us here, we none of us like when illogical things don't things. make sense. No, mm-hmm. no, and I, I would. I would love to know what the thought process is behind this point of consternation for Mr. Yao. Well, I don't even know who to ask. We'll figure that out. Because, I mean, it's it's just frustrating. Because, And that's one of the issues that we're having is that it's frustrating because I don't know who's making this decision. Who, who you know, is it doctors? Is it? the boc i I don't know so we'll figure that out and uh, tell you what decision they've made in that column on sm-tnsports.com so real quick before we take our first break of the show let's go ahead and give you last night's rundown this is the rundown in the only basketball action on Wednesday night, an 11 AAA doubleheader. Host Spring Hill knocked off Summit 52-33 in girls' play. It was the visiting Summit boys 70, Spring Hill 39. In boys' bowling action, Colton Moore from Lawrence County finished third in the individual tournament. Drew Whalen of Franklin fifth, and Nick Erdman at Spring Hill was tenth. Jacob Molassi of Columbia Central finished 30th, and Paul McRae, 36th. Paul McRae from Franklin County. There we go. Santa Fe's Haley Brady bowled a 145.3 average over four games. Um, Did not advance past the semifinals. And on tonight, we have a couple of basketball games. We have Fairview traveling over to Page in the Battle of 840. Cornersville will head to Richland, and BGA travels to Middle Tennessee Christian. In regular season wrestling, you've got Independence traveling to Spring Hill, and as the state bowling tournament continues, the Division I team quarterfinals on the boys' side, 
Spring Hill will face Lebanon over at Smyrna Bowling Center beginning at 11 o'clock this morning. And we have a couple of CA individuals. We've got three CA individuals participating in the Division II um, individual tournament that starts at 4 o'clock this evening. That'll be um, senior Austin Kimes and sophomores Foster Eisenberg and Connor Butt. So good luck to all the participants over in Smyrna. All right, there you go. That's all your scores and tonight's schedule on the rundown on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. When we return, I will tell you a little bit more in depth about last night's Summit Spring Hill Games and talk a little more about bowling that we have. I know we we had some, some positives come out of yesterday and big big matchups today so plenty to talk about again coming up in the second hour we've got casey patrick who people may remember from his gator bowl rant speaking of folks with something to say he's got something to say and you're going to want to hear it absolutely going to want to hear that um of course nfl vol coaching and anything else we can come up with sports related in this show we will return on southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid-tennessee bone and joint when we come back on this hey folks while we take a quick break from the show i want to tell you about our friends over at custom stone handlers in downtown columbia ned rich and his team at custom stone handlers believe in leadership And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call Sports. Here's Mo and Chris. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Appreciate you guys joining us. Twenty three minutes past the nine o'clock hour, as we are getting ready for Friday hoops action and district play is well underway. I think it's uh I think it's important that we let you guys in on the uh, the secrets here. <laughs> and, you know, as we are 
getting ready and, and getting deep into district basketball play, you know, we have certainly seen some surprises this year. And maybe uh, the biggest surprise was, uh, is, I mean, I'd say the fact that Spring Hills girls basketball team has certainly been a pleasant surprise, wouldn't you say? Breaking news. Spring Hill's pretty good. And um, let's let's just go over a little bit. Last night, they um, they hosted Summit. Both teams undefeated in the district in District Eleven AAA. One of those undefeated teams was decidedly more expected than the other. Certainly. Um, that being said, both come in five and zero, oh, ten wins on the season, and for the first quarter, it was like, like I said in my story, it felt like they were filling each other out. It was you know kind of a long jab, long jabs. Uh, it was four to two with under two minutes to go. <laughs> I mean, because it, and it wasn't they just they weren't making shots. It was just that you know, defense was really good, and there was a lot of pressure. Um, Summit, pretty intelligent defensively. They they left Cat Carter alone and dropped the defender into the paint. And Matt Horton said after the game that was something that nobody else had done yet, and he was surprised that nobody else had done it yet. Cat, <laughs> um, while a fantastic ball handler and keeps you know keep keeps you from turning it over, not a scorer. She's, she's not. She's, she's not, not a scoring it. threat unless she can, you know, penetrate. She's she's not gonna she's not gonna knock down five or six shots from mid range of the perimeter. So. It's not her thing. Right. Um, so that was an issue early. Took Matt Horton and his team a little bit of time to, to game plan around that. They were able to do so. And on their defensive end, Cole Alderson really did a good job in the um, first quarter on Ellie Colson who is the big post threat for Summit. And, you know, I really expected that to be the matchup of the game. And it was. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really was. That was the matchup where I thought the game could be won. Um, The fact that Claudette Runk has a cast on her left arm right now is probably not ideal for Summit. So... Yeah, was that a, that was a surprise for you, huh? Do we know anything more about that? They after the game, everybody said, "Cut it off. Oh, <laughs> we need you Friday." <laughs> so I don't know if it's you know stress fracture or if it's a thumb or what it is, but uh, she does in fact have a cast on her left arm, and I, I have a feeling that was. It's not her shooting hand. 
Right? Exactly. <laughs> Cut it off, put a brace on it, let's and go. let's go. No. <laughs> Get well, Claudette. Um, so that, that, and that, I think that played a big part, you know, because when you're trying to defend Prairie and Sierra Stedman, you, you want your best players out there. And Well, not only that, but offensively. I mean, if, if Spring Hill is able to hold Ellie Colson to 10, then – Ideally, you've got somebody else to pick up that slack. And when you only get one three-pointer out of Delaney, no, that probably doesn't bode well for you offensively either. So, you know, um, offensively, Summit was a little a little strapped. Well, they were, and you could tell in the second quarter because – Spring Hill at the there was six to three. Colson hits a layup at the uh, with about seventeen seconds to go in the first quarter. Spring Hill gets the ball, comes down, makes a shot. It's six to five at the end of the first quarter. That two points was the start of a twenty-one to nothing run. Summit didn't score again until two minutes and twenty-two seconds to go in the second quarter. So that took place over the end of the first quarter and the start of the second quarter. Not, not between not between the first and second quarter? Okay. Correct. Cool. Just making Just sure making you know. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So I, I think what, you know, what was most impressive to me was that Spring Hill found a way to limit Ellie Colson's offensive production to 10 points, just two in the second half. But the fact that they played eight quarters in 24 hours, okay, they played Dixon County, and Matt Horton said, you know, Dixon County wasn't an easy win. We had to play our whole – he said, we pulled away at the end, but it was a tough game. It was never – you know, I never felt comfortable trying to give our girls any rest in that one. We had to play everybody. Well, and they had to play at Dixon County. So you've traveled to Dixon County, you've come back, and then you've played three quarters now. It was 29-24 at the end of the third quarter. It was a five-point ball game. And in, into the third quarter, it was 35-30. We're talking about a five-point ball game in the fourth quarter that ended up being a 19-point ball game. You know why? Because Spring Hill didn't miss free throws. He went 11 for 13 from the line in the, in the fourth quarter after in their eighth quarter in 24 hours. That is impressive. Solid. To and, keep your legs. And and whenever I've talked about this Spring Hill team, and I feel like I'm being redundant at this point, but, I mean, that's it's been their constant. This is the big three of Cole Alderson and Stedman Sisters, Prairie and, and Sierra. Um, and Bell Brashear gives you some really good scoring opportunities as well. Gives you some length on the perimeter as well. And Bell and J.C., both freshmen, I mean, you've only got two seniors on this team, Cat Carter and um, Sierra Stedman. So, going to have to deal with these young ladies for a while yet. Um, and Summit will be looking to deal with them again tomorrow night at their place. That's a big thing. I mean, Summit does get a chance immediately. And as we've talked about with Chip Walters on Mondays a lot, with these these college games where you just get the long halftime, mm-hmm. it typically favors the team who lost the first game. And and I think it will favor the team that lost the first game in this particular matchup just because 
I think John Wilde will get back in the laboratory and, and figure some things out today. And, and it'll be interesting, you know, as you talk about legs, how they handle practice today. Uh, Matt said he was looking to give them some rest today. I don't know if that means walk through, shoot around, but I expect they'll have some rest today. Now, well, Matt won. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Matt, you know, Spring Hill is, they've played two days in a row. He's going to give them some rest. I expect that there will be some kind of walk around, walk mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. And, and try to, you know, combat those things that Summit did defensively. But Cole Alderson, she's, uh, she's the key in this matchup, I really think so. She actually played through a lot of foul trouble last night, and Prairie Stedman stepped up on the post and was a big factor. So, both isn't that the Prairie in particular, she scores so many different ways for them. She can score it down in the low post. She can get out to the short corner. Um, her mid-range game is nice. I mean, she gives them a nice, you know, one-two with Cole you know, down in the low post. So I, I, I fully expect that, that the low post will be a big factor in tomorrow's game. No doubt. But again, you know, with, with Claudette Runk out, somebody else has got to score for summit. And this is something that, um, John Wilde said to me, even going back to their, their girls classic over the holidays that we've got to, um, We've got to come up with some secondary scores, and when you don't have those, I mean, Colson finished with ten, and and Bergen Ali with eight, and and nobody else even, you know, remotely close to that really. Right. Again, Delaney No with one three pointer, that's that's not going to bode well for Summit. And that wasn't from lack of trying. Uh, she certainly shot her share. Uh, it just wasn't falling, and that's and that happens, especially when you don't have the inside out ability, when you can't get it inside and, and, and kick it and out. Kick it out. Mm-hmm. So it is what it is, man. Uh, really, really good job by Spring Hill. They won their sixth district game, uh, and, and that sixth win, Mo, eclipses their entire win total in district the, in district play. In the last four years combined, they won five games in the last four years combined in district play. And Matt Horton said, you know, it's certainly better being on this side of it. So, uh, yeah, they, I, I guess you, I guess you could say that Spring Hill girls basketball has, um, you know, well, they started from. Started. Started from the bottom, now we're here. There you go. Yeah. Started from the bottom, now yeah. the whole team. Whoa. Yeah, <laughs> they started from the bottom. They were, they've been in the play-in game. I don't know if they were in it last year, but they've been in the play-in game in this district three at least of the last four years, mm-hmm. if not the last four years combined. So congratulations to Spring Hill on making – a big change this year. And and let us be the first to congratulate <laughs> District 11 AAA Coach of the Year, Matt Horton. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, 
on the boys' side, it was a lot less um, suspenseful. Good word for it. Uh, early spring, uh, Summit jumped out to a 14-4 lead. Uh, spring Hill did get Jalen Rucker back last night. He had 10 points. Uh, Britton Georges had 12. I think he had a couple of threes, maybe even three. Um, it was really, really just a, a, a solid effort from Summit. They did what they had to do, controlled the basketball game, and uh, in the second half really pulled away in the third quarter with a 23-12 advantage and put it away pretty quickly. You know, if you've got quality depth, you're you're going to have an advantage against Spring Hill because they just have a short bench. And, you know, they're still dealing with um, – Pandemic effects, they've got guys in and out of the lineup, that kind of thing. Um, Rucker was out this past weekend against Columbia Central. Um, he played with a mask on last night. That's interesting. I mean, I, you know, with basketball being the cardiovascular sport that it is, I wonder how tough that is. What there was a there was a, a college game that both teams played with masks on not too long ago. Wild. It's interesting. But you're right. I mean he, he you know, you could see him kind of pull it down sometimes to breathe a little bit, but then mm-hmm. he pulled it right back up. Well it's nice to see high school students taking this seriously. It is, and I I'm curious though as to what brought that on you know what i mean yeah like i just i don't know but it is what it is and, and like you said it's nice to know that, they're, that that somebody's taking it seriously at that at that level and is willing to to play with a mask on despite the cardiovascular you know game that basketball is all right yeah um 70 to 39 the final there for summit in the boys game and um like i said one two three four five six seven eight nine 12 different scorers for Summit in that game. And I, I think that's going to be their key. They're deep. Yeah, uh, they they are deep. Matter of fact, half of these players weren't, aren't even on the original varsity roster we were given. I mean, Andrew Smith, Bradley Stewart, who scored 14 points last night, is not on the original roster. A lot of that is because, you know, Jim Fay found some players – when he didn't have his football players, right. he found some guys who could help him in varsity play that he maybe necessarily wasn't looking for. So I thought that was interesting. And uh, Graham Schneider had a monster jam last night on a breakaway. His two, point, his two points were certainly felt there you throughout go. the gym. Hey, if you're only going to score two. Make them count. There you go. <laughs> And Kaneda Wirtz had 18 with four three-pointers. He was on fire last night. So, yeah. Um, real quick before we get to a break and we get WZYX's Al Clark on the show in the next segment, um, obviously we gave you the bowling results from locally uh, last in the last segment in the rundown. But uh, just wanted to give a shout-out to uh, – is it – I'm thinking this is Devion Little John, or is it Devine Little John? 
I don't know if it's a Devine or Devon could, or yeah. D-E-V-E-A-N. It, it could be Devine. Mr. Little John. Mr. Little John. From Hardin Valley. <laughs> getting the, the minor upset over top-seeded Jacob Brown from Walker Valley in the finals of the Boys at Bowling Championship, a 238-197 to 197 winner. So I just thought that was, you know, when, when the number one seed goes down in high school sports, you know, if it's the number two seed, I guess I can see that coming. Uh, was not the case in girls' action, though. <laughs> well, and and going back to this boys' championship, I mean, Little John was the number two seed, but he only finished two pins behind Brown in the semifinal round. So it was more like one and one A there. But, um, yeah, big win for, for Mr. Little John, who had to stop – Lawrence County's Colton Moore. Colton Moore finished fifth coming out of the semifinals. He had rolled three straight games heading into the matchup with with Little John. Um, he had defeated um, Andy Romer from Green Hill, who would be the first state qualifier from Green Hill since this is their first year. Their first year. <laughs> yeah. Um, beat Franklin's Drew Whelan. We- uh, and Sevier County's um, Caleb Marshall before falling to Little John. So, Mr. Moore got on a little bit of a roll, just couldn't quite sustain it there. But exciting stuff there. Um, as we said, Nick Erdman finished 10th for Spring Hill, finished 21 points short of qualifying for the latter round. And um, Jeremy Geralt's finished 19th. Both those guys will be in action again today, as we said, in the team competition against Lebanon starting at 11 o'clock. And number one seed, Kaylee uh, Chanel, 200-162 winner over Elizabeth Kuta. What is it with the names this morning? (laughs) Making sure you're awake. Goodness gracious. Kaylee Chanel from Hardin County, Elizabeth Kuta from the host Smyrna Lady Bulldogs. So, big win for Miss Chanel. There you go. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk to Al Clark from down in Franklin County and get an update on what exactly is going on in their neck of the woods on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net.
covering the teams you care about. It's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Once again, with Mo, here's Chris. Welcome back in. We are 14 minutes to the top of the 10 o'clock hour. As it is not nearly as deceptively beautiful today as it has been in the past, at least not here on West 7th in the TriStar Sports Radio headquarters. But that's okay. It's always a beautiful day when we get to join with our friends from WZYX down in Franklin County. Al Clark, Columbia native and radio host extraordinaire. (laughs) Voice of the Rebels when he doesn't let JP take over. (laughs) Yeah, and the first thing I wanted to say, guys, was what a and I, I hate to say this in front of JP, but uh, what a great job he did just uh, stepping in for me on Tuesday night. Super job, JP. Appreciate all your technical expertise as well as your basketball uh, play-by-play level. I mean, it was fantastic. We enjoyed it over here. Yeah, checks in the mail. Thanks, Al. Al, Thank you. Al you're going to need to buy him some new headphones mm-hmm. because those just broke when his head yep. swelled up. Swelled. I got you. Hey, uh, I want to introduce a very important person over in the radio world here in Franklin County and probably beyond. Uh, Chris Wiseman is the owner of Wiseman Media and uh, the boss here at WZYX, and he's joining us today. It's going great, Chris. Thanks so much for uh, jumping on with us this morning. We are so happy and proud to be part of what you guys are doing and bringing some sports talk to your audience in uh, Franklin County, down in the Winchester Cowan area. And we appreciate what you guys already do for sports. And uh, we're, we're ha- happy to contribute. Let's put it that way. Thank you. And we're glad to have you guys on. So, Al, what we kind of wanted to talk about this morning was, you know, a little bit about what what the status of a Franklin County uh, boys and girls in eight AAA. Obviously, a couple setbacks recently, uh, but the Rebels again. This eight AAA feels like any given night could be anybody's ball game, and once tournament time gets here, I think it's going to be uh, very similar to that. What's uh? What is the feeling down in that area? Two seasons, as you know, in basketball, you got the regular season and then you got the tournament, and uh, anything can happen. <clears throat> as you know, on the boys' side, Tullahoma right now is five and one. Uh, Coffee County and Columbia are both right at four and two in the uh, District A Triple A. Lawrence County's even at three and three. Lincoln County's two and three. And then you got Shelbyville and Franklin County only having one, one boys basketball game in the district, uh, this, uh, this season. Franklin County has lost to Shelbyville in a close overtime game. Uh, the game with Lincoln County was, uh, pretty competitive. Uh, Franklin County came out on the short end of that, uh, JP can tell us about the comparison between Lawrence County and Franklin County. Columbia, we beat uh, in overtime. Uh, Coffee County, we didn't do too well against. We have not done well against Tullahoma, but we will play them in a big uh, 
rivalry game over at Tullahoma on Friday night. Um, Franklin County boys have been highly, highly competitive in their most of their games with District A, AAA uh, opponents. Uh, they've got some great athletes. JP can comment on that. Um, they just uh, have come out on the short end. You know how that is sometimes in some of these key district games. That could change in the tournament. I think it's going to start February the 13th, and I believe the location is Shelbyville, but I don't know what COVID's going to do to that. Um, so it ain't over in the, on the boys' side. On the girls' side, we are yet uh, to win. Um, and uh, they're struggling with a very young team. They don't have a lot of length. Um, and uh, they're struggling. Uh, but they're young. Coach is great. Amber Gillum does a super job, as does Mike Holt uh, for the Rebels. Uh, and um, I mean, they're scrapping. They're in. They're in each of the games they're playing. It's just that uh, we we end up on the short end of the score. So I think the future for the girls uh, looks pretty good, and uh, certainly uh, the boys team will be aiming for a little bit better success when we get to tournament time. Yeah, Al, I was going to mention that again. Like I said, any given night, anybody can win. You, you know, you guys with the win over Columbia, who, like you said, sits at four and two in the district, and one of those losses is to Franklin County. And then, of course, yeah. the overtime loss to Shelbyville. Those three teams are pretty well interchangeable uh, yeah. at any given time. And, you know, like you said, Lincoln County game was a ten-point ball game, but it was it was pretty close. That that ten points is a lot is not indicative of how close the game really was because of free throws at the end. But um, you know, this is a this is a district that it doesn't. You know, it's a tournament game, and once you get to that tournament, it's all about you know who who do you draw in that first round. You guys still have another game. Uh, you know, you you've got another game against Columbia on senior night. You've still got Shelbyville. Uh, you still yep. got Lincoln County. Those are three winnable games, and of course, you know, you never know what can happen when you get Coffee County at home, uh, and then of course Lawrence County to to end out the year at home. Uh, you know, w- when Columbia beats Lawrence County like they did the other night, and then you know you guys get beat sixteen over at their place. It's it it just kind of feels like, boy, there's no real rhyme or reason to this thing. Yeah, go figure. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that Shelbyville game could have gone either way. The Columbia game could have gone either way. Lincoln County was nip and tuck until the very end. Um, yeah, so I'm just you know. interested to see how eight AAA plays out because it, it it always and and it's so upsetting that this is the last time we get to see all yeah. these teams, you know, get to battle right. it out for a district. Yeah. Title. Well, the the yep. disappointing part this year is that there's not going to be a tournament site to see all these teams because um, you can imagine as competitive as all of these teams are. Uh, I mean, almost one through uh, seven um, are you know, on any given night, and that type of uh, parity is fun to watch in a tournament setting. Unfortunately, we're not going to get that as everybody will be at the higher seeds, but it still could be an interesting tournament. Um, and, uh, you know, Al, having watched Franklin County for the first time, having seen Columbia and, of course, Lawrence County, uh, 
that goes right in. I mean, seeing them in person and then, of course, seeing the records, it, it, it is true. It's, you know, Franklin County boys especially are not that far away. Um, you know, if they get hot hitting their shots, I mean, that was the, the real big difference. Lawrence County the other night was able to, to hit their shots and to break the press and get some fast break points. And, and on the girls' side, um, they're, they're going to be good uh, maybe later this year, but certainly next year and the year to come because they've got some yeah. really talented freshmen uh, that are playing. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, <clears throat> Coach Gillum, as you mentioned, obviously she knows what she's doing. And um, I, I liked what I saw in the, the Rebelettes in terms of uh, their youth. Uh, they are a little short on the bench, as you mentioned, uh, but uh, they're going to be good. They're, they're moving in the right direction, no question. I guess, I guess, without question, Coffee County girls are gonna are gonna stand tall in the in the district tournament because you can't beat that Vincent girl. She is awesome. Uh, has been all year. They're six and zero right now, and I don't see anybody putting a stop to that unless the emotions get get in, involved and Tullahoma happens. To well, we'll be there. We'll be there tomorrow night to see if Columbia Central can. Yeah, can upend them because uh, Central's you, played pretty well this year. Number twenty-three is uh, she is something. She's one of the best. She's rapidly becoming, if not the best, but one of the best basketball players in the state. Uh, I can't say enough about her. Uh, on the boys' side, Tullahoma has the edge right now. We'll see what happens. Uh, uh, Franklin County lost back in December to Tullahoma in their first district game, and then we've got them Friday night. Uh, over in Tullahoma ought to be interesting. Uh, that's their homecoming. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I mean, the athletes from that area in Tullahoma there, a lot of those football guys are doing a super job with Thomas and some of the others uh, on the team. And they're five and one. So, I mean, they, they would also have to have the edge going into any sort of uh, a district tournament situation. And, hey, by the way, while I got you, uh, wrestling tournament duels are here Saturday. The coaches uh, were meeting last night to determine uh, what individuals would be involved in the District A AAA duels over here on Saturday. Uh, Don Roden, the AD at the uh, high school, tells me uh, probably going to start around 10 a.m. on Saturday morning. Um, Does Don know that there will be no chains, no no powder, no folding chairs or anything like that involved in this thing, Saturday? I'm sure he does. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm glad you got that much faith in him because um, Don, probably heard, Don probably heard wrestling and thought wrestling, so hopefully yeah. somebody will straighten him out on that between now and Saturday. <laughs> okay. Don, Don's uh, a great guy. I've known him for 30-something yeah. years. I hope he's listening. Don, um, I'm sure you're going to put on a great event over there, Saturday. Looking yeah, forward to it. Yeah, he will. Bottom line comes when, when it's got to be made, uh, he, he'll make it. Uh, he's he's a funny guy to be around. Oh, absolutely. I, working with I wish I could tell you, had enough time to tell you some of the stories. Uh, you probably coached, can't tell them in this forum anyway. So I coached, I coached baseball against him. I was at Riverdale while he was coaching uh, down here at Franklin County High School. We, we go back uh, a long way. It's always tough to beat uh, his teams, but uh, we had a lot of fun with it. He does a great um, job. Hey, um, 
Al, you talked about some of tomorrow night's schedule. I want to touch on that. In addition to the Rebels and Rebelettes going over to Tullahoma, um, Chris mentioned Columbia Central visits Coffee County. Lincoln County goes to Shelbyville tomorrow night. Lawrence County is idle in district play, but they um, host Forest in a Saturday doubleheader. So, Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Good. Okay. All right, so uh, just real quick, guys. I know we're, we're we're coming up on our break here. I just want to say thank you again so much, WZYXRadio.net, to listen live if you are not in the immediate area where you can hear them on 94.5 FM or 95.3 FM or 14.40 AM. Um, Chris, thanks so much for all you're doing. We appreciate you having us on your station and uh, for joining us this morning. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Al, we appreciate it as always. Great insight there from the Franklin County side. We appreciate you as well. And Jeff making it happen too. Jeff, yeah, Jeff's there as well. Jeff's on the uh, yeah. the controls like our JP here. So we appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. Thanks. Talk to you again, guys. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. On the other side of this break, we're going to talk to Casey Patrick, who has some affiliations with some media outlets. But today he's going to talk to us as VFL Casey <laughs> Patrick on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the Law Office of David A. Bates, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries, their ortho-quick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yao. Welcome back in five minutes past the 10 o'clock hour, and it's time to talk about the biggest news across the state of Tennessee. No question. Who will be the next athletics director and head football coach at the University of Tennessee? To talk about that, to give us some fan perspective and as you guys know I I mean I'm a Tennessee fan right but I'm not I'm not that passionate about it I mean I I grew up an Alabama fan I really enjoyed about 15 years and then the Jacksonville State thing kind of split that passion and intensity into two and then certainly grew uh for my, my my passion grew in the direction of the Gamecocks and not the Volunteers. The same cannot be said 
for Casey Patrick, who Casey is passionate enough for all three of us. He's got plenty of it. And when I tell you that his Twitter account, by the way, at um is worth the price of admission? Trust me, it is. If you're not following Casey and you are a UT fan, you're doing yourself a disservice. And what's about to happen feels like one of those 80s wrestling promos. Because I feel like at some point Casey's going to come, it doesn't matter! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Casey, welcome in. How's it going? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Man, uh, better than you, okay? Because <laughs> if last night was any indication... You have been fired up for three days because apparently there are some folks out there who think you and I and the rest of hashtag Vol Twitter are to blame for what's going on in Knoxville right now. Yeah, uh, that kind of gets under my skin a little bit because uh, I, I just see that as complete crap, you know, and uh, that to go along with uh, hearing some of the uh, – or not hearing, but seeing some of the players tweet out, you know, some of their, I, I guess they weren't happy with Pruitt being fired and or, or let go or whatever you want to call it. And, uh, and, and I can understand, I can understand to a certain aspect why, but uh, I, I'm, I'm really just kind of sick and tired. Everybody wants to throw, throw shade towards the fans. Uh, like, I, like I tweeted out last night. I mean, I, I, I wasn't the one that fumbled the ball against Bama, and I wasn't the one that threw two interceptions to Kentucky. So I, you know, I, I don't want to sit here and, and act like this has been my fault or whatever. I mean, Chiano went three and six at Ohio, or excuse me, at Rutgers. So I'm, I'm kind of happy we axed that whole deal anyway. And that was ball Twitter, and I'm glad we took over the program that day. And, and to be quite honest, we ought to just keep doing it. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. If Vol Twitter was hiring a coach, Jeremy Brute wouldn't have been on the list. No. No, and, and I mean, honestly, it, it's like a, a lot of people, especially, I mean, you see the Dan Wolkins and the Dennis Dodds and, and everybody that are these national media writers that, I mean, quite literally, they just write stuff so they can get clicks, and that's fine because I understand how advertising works, but um, I, I, at some point, you have to be willing to, to look at the situation uh and my my whole perspective of that whole thing was uh, either Shiano knew and he's a piece of crap for it or he didn't know and I don't want that idiot in charge of this program if he didn't know what was going on underneath his nose. And, and for the people to step up like they did that day, and, and I, I mean, why not? <laughs> you know, like if, if there's a lot of people out there that, that are this passionate about it, I, I don't have anything else. I'm not married. I ain't got no kids. I love my job, you know, but but other than that, and and I coach a bowling team for Creekwood, but other than that, I'm this is what I got, and and I do love it, and I am passionate about it. You know, Casey, I, I told Chris a couple of days ago the worst thing about this whole UT situation is um Tuesday morning, Pat Forty, one of those national writers that you were talking about, tweeted out pro tip for UT: um, don't listen to the fans this time, and it it's just an easy cheap shot 
for some of these folks it's kind of that i told you so here here's what you did and here's what happened out of it and like you said i i'm, I'm not sure how this comes back on the fans uh, unless fans were involved in those um mcdonald's bags no yeah we weren't you know uh and I can tell you, if I was involved with the McDonald's bags, we wouldn't have got caught doing it. But I, I tell you something else. Uh, Pat Forty is another one, and and I you, you almost have to, uh, I guess, admire it because he knows what he's doing. I mean, he, he's just trying to get uh, UT fans riled up, and and it and it works and it's working. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. But uh, he knows that. Um, if if he doesn't get all these clicks and he doesn't say all of this ridiculous nonsense, then it's hard for him to pay his mortgage or, or you know keep his wheels rolling on the on the road. So uh, he's got to make money somehow, and and poking fun at, at folks is his way of doing it. Totally fine with that, you know. I, I get it, but uh, also don't go around touting yourself as uh, some you know knowledgeable columnist who who knows better than everybody else, right? I mean. You're either one or the other. You're either a good columnist or you're Jim Rome and shock jock, right? Yeah, yeah, I, and that's fair, you know. And and I, I think to give Jim Rome credit, I can't stand him, but to give him credit, he's he, he's made a pretty good little career out of what he does. Even though I I don't really know anybody that likes him, but um, if if Forty and Walken and the rest of those guys, if they want to leave that path, they can do that. Uh, I'm just. I'm just sick and tired of people looking at, at folks like me and, and other folks that care about this program, uh, especially one, the ones that did step up that day and the ones that are stepping up now. And it, three and seven is not, not acceptable. It's just not acceptable, and, and it shouldn't be acceptable for any program. If, if you care about your program, I, I don't care. You know, I get it if it's your first year or whatever, but Tennessee's got the ninth most wins in NCAA history on the football field. Uh, three and seven is not going to cut it for me, and I, I, I'm not I'm not happy about that. Uh, I'm not happy with with the effort that I saw. You know, some of the kids put out last year, especially. And I told somebody this on Twitter earlier today. I said uh, when Harrison Bailey got sacked, and then the Mays brothers turned around and high fived each other. I lost. I threw my phone that day, and and it's it's just quite literally. I'm I'm sick and tired of watching a mediocre, uh, pro, uh you know, product whenever. Um, I saw something that was a lot better. I know that was a long time ago, but uh, I, I have no reason to believe that Tennessee can't be great once again. That's the thing is it, a lot of people compare Tennessee to Nebraska, and we've had this discussion on this show about how Tennessee's not Nebraska. You can recruit to Knoxville. You can't recruit to Lincoln. It just doesn't happen. It's not It's not possible. I mean, there's there's a big difference in the place that you're recruiting to. But as far as a football program, we are. The difference is that we have the opportunity. We can be better. I don't think Nebraska is ever going to be better. Because, again, I don't think you can recruit to Lincoln in 2020 or 21. But you can in Knoxville. So tell me, Casey, who is the athletics director and the coach who can make that happen? Well, as far as athletic director goes, uh, <clears throat> I can't remember the young man's first name, but I, I believe it was Blackwell or whatever, and I, I think he was the guy that uh, everybody kind of expected to take the job. David, uh, David uh, Blackburn. Blackburn, that's it. Excuse me. Yeah, Blackburn. Um, but I, I know I know there's been kind of a fallout there. 
uh, and Mark Ingram's been the name that's been brought up here lately for AD. Um, I, as far as athletic director, uh, you know, Ingram, I think what he did with the UAB football program is, is I mean, just uh, fantastic. And, and I think, it, you know, he's got ties to the area, and, and he, he may be the guy for Played the at Tennessee. He played yeah, at UT. Exactly. So, I mean, like, he – don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I, think, I think that guy, uh, I think Ingram could be uh, – Definitely, at least somebody to look at. And, and athletic directors, I probably haven't. I, I don't sit here and look at lists of these all the time. But I tell you, the coach I wanted from day one, whenever I was told that Pruitt was going to be fired, was uh, I, I want Urban Meyer. And anybody can say whatever they want. I mean, I, I know we're just getting out of a cheating scandal, and he's not been the cleanest guy, but he's going to win. He's going to win. And, and I, I don't care if he goes to Jacksonville or whatever, but. If, if I had to put money on somebody that I knew would win football games and build a program back, it, it, it would be Urban Meyer. That's, he, he's on my list. He's on my list of three. Still? <laughs> I mean, no, he's on the list of three. The three yeah. guys you have to call. Bob Stoops, Urban Meyer, and then Mark Richt. I don't know. Yeah. But the, I, list, I, the list of people who can turn a program around quickly is very short. Yeah, and, and I'm not I'm not exactly crazy about Stoops. Uh, not that he couldn't do it. I'm I, I'm sure he could, you know. Uh, but if 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 I was doing this instead of the Parker search firm or whatever, if if I was looking for the next head coach, uh, I, I would be calling everybody. I, I'd call Nick Saban. I'd call Bill Belichick. I'd call Urban Meyer. I'd call everybody. You gonna tell me no before I before I just throw out the idea? Because uh, quite frankly, I don't. Um, I, I just don't think that if we hire another Derek Dooley or Butch Jones or Jeremy Pruitt, we're going backwards in a, in a bad direction even more, and it's going to set us back even worse. And, and I'm going to force every single top name to tell me no before I mark them off a list. Thank you. <laughs> That's what you have to do. You can't go after – LaTex coach. You can't go after Cincinnati's coach. You can't go after defensive coordinators. You got to go after a guy who's won football games at the Power Five level. And if and if they all yeah. say no, yeah, that's and, fine. And Absolutely, because I don't I don't care if somebody there's somebody sitting at home right now laughing, thinking I'm an idiot. I don't care. You call me whatever you want, but I'm gonna call Nick Saban or, or I guess Jimmy Sexton is his agent. I'm gonna call, and they're going to tell me no. But I'm going to do it. Would that not be fantastic? Please go. (laughs) That would be so great. (laughs) I mean, at least call. Because, I mean, obviously he he fixed (laughs) Tuscaloosa. Uh, It's hard for me to say that word right. I hate it. (laughs) Here's the thing. They were so bad. They were so bad in in 04 and 05. I I forget who the coach was now. It was a kid. It was that dude's son. Mike Shula. Yeah, Shula. Yeah, that dude. That yeah. That's exactly right. That's who it was. Yeah. I, I, listen, I was so upset last night. I ain't been asleep yet. I've been fuming all night long. I'm still mad at you know. I got idiots on Twitter that hit me up left and right, and I don't let it bother me too bad. But when you tell me that it's my fault that we went three and seven, <laughs> you lost your mind. Now I would love to put on pads. I'd love to be the reason why we lost because I can tell you I would give my off to Tennessee. The re- the problem is. I'm fat, I'm too old, and there ain't no way I can help do anything, but I would try. And that passion is appreciated. Yes. So tell me this. Two nights ago, you you were drinking 
and tweeting. What what yeah. what is your drink of choice when you're tweeting? Well, that night, uh, that night we had went to a uh, me and my me and my buddies. We get together and uh, uh, I have one of my friends, Austin. He comes and picks me up, and and we go pick up my cousin, and and we we go down the road. And, uh, we had stopped at a place. I ain't been. There's local Buffalo Wild Wings down here that I haven't been to in a while because I usually go to Applebee's. But uh, I went to Buffalo Wild Wings, and they had a different guy behind the bar. I, I didn't know the dude, so um, if I don't know who the bartender is, I don't. I don't usually reach out too far. So I just told him, just hey, double Jack and Coke. And I was probably on. I was probably on my fourth or fifth one before I really started getting into it. I mean, I come I was, on. Hey, I was ready to go. Double really Jack was, and Coke, four just, or five of them. There we go. Oh, yeah. You're as smooth as Tennessee yep. whiskey, Casey Patrick. I'm, like, he's, not as, <laughs> he's not as sweet as strawberry wine. He but. was not sweet, though. No. Boy, he was he was sour. <laughs> Woo. Man, I'm telling you, I appreciate your passion because I don't have that passion for Tennessee football. I, I, I tend to think more, you know, what is the – What's the best possible thing that can happen? But I also think you're right. You got to call all the right people. You got to call Jimmy Sexton and say, start at the top of your list and go down. You know? Yeah. I mean, because Jimmy Sexton's the guy, right? They got a no call. I don't care if they got a no call clause in their contract. Call them anyway. Yeah, we're here to break rules. (laughs) I mean, obviously. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) Let's do it. We have no issues doing it. So let's do it. So, yeah. Man, again, I appreciate your passion. And, and again, at CVP51 on Twitter, you can find a lot of great Tennessee fandom, but also plenty of other stuff. I mean, you, Atlanta you, Braves fandom. Big as Braves well. fan. And, yeah. and, and we'll certainly have you on as a. Have you heard the news that Real Muto is in play in Atlanta? Yeah. And, and, uh, I'll tell you what, I, I'm not really the biggest fan of that. Real Muto's the best catcher in baseball, and it's not even close. Uh, but I, I kind of want to see how uh, how uh, Contreras can play. I mean, I, I'd like to see him get a little bit more time. Um, but uh, but then again, it you know it, it wouldn't be bad to have another middle of the or, uh, middle of the order bat like Real Muto is. But um, yeah, funny story the the name CBP51 the the Twitter handle uh, 51 was my baseball number uh, because. I was a huge uh, Randy Johnson and Trevor Hoffman fan. Hey, nice. That's a, that's a good reason to have fifty-one. That's a it's a random number for baseball, but I like it. I, all the other numbers was taken. I was last. I was last choice. Well, I mean, I get it. I I was lucky, man. My grandparents owned the sporting goods store where we bought our uniforms, so I got to pick my number. <laughs> <laughs> A little insider information yeah. there, huh? <laughs> yeah. they, they were putting my name on 14 every time, but it is yeah. what it is. Man, thanks so much for joining us, and we appreciate it, and we will talk to you again soon. It may not be about Tennessee football. It may be about Creekwood Bowling. It may be about Dixon Sports, whatever. But uh, we do appreciate you coming on and, and bringing the energy and the excitement that you have. Oh, yeah, man, I – and whenever I do the local radio around here, I, I tell those guys that, you know, they'll say, thanks for coming on. And I say, man, I just like hearing myself talk. So it don't bother me at all. But, uh, but yeah, whatever y'all want me to talk about, we, we do baseball, football, basketball. Don't bother me at all. Well, we, we will certainly take you up on that, Casey. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you all. All right, guys. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I will pose the deep question of the day.
and I'm I'm curious to hear you guys' thoughts on it. So, yes, Vol football continues on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. about it's southern middle tennessee sports today once again with mo here's chris welcome back in we approach the bottom of the hour here segment two of the second hour on southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid-tennessee bone and joint plenty of stuff to talk about and there's no shortage when it comes to Tennessee football and the coaching slash athletics director search that is ongoing. Um, I think Casey hit the nail on the head. I'm curious what falling out he's talking about. I don't know anything about that with uh, is David Blackwell. Blackburn. Ba- Blackburn. Sorry, he <laughs> said Blackwell. Um, yeah, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure. Um, Blackburn left the UT staff to take the AD's position at Tennessee Chattanooga, I believe. And so I don't know if there were any underlying issues that led to his departure. Now, he did step down at UTC basically with nowhere to go, and I think he was out for a little bit. And as we discussed with, um, I think, with John Bryce the other day, he's now the number two at MTSU behind Chris Massaro. So, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know about a falling out, like you said, but, um, I, I think if there was a falling out, maybe somebody should seek to patch that up because he has a background that would make him at worst, a viable candidate for that position. And at best a no brainer, um, you know, again, Mark Ingram at UAB as a former UT player um, played on the same teams with um, Peyton Manning in that bunch that went to back-to-back Citrus Bowls. Um, I think I read somewhere that he was a Volunteer Award winner, which goes twice. to twice, which goes to a former walk-on. Correct. So he won that twice. Um, so I mean, he's he's got some some obvious ties to and passion for 
the program. Um, here's a name. And he's fantastic. He's done a fantastic job literally building a program from nothing. From ground zero. Yeah. So so it would be interesting to see what he could do with an established program, albeit one that's in trouble. Charles Davis. And we've talked about his name. We keep saying that, and I think he is a a very viable candidate. Mm-hmm. And I think I think your first two calls have to be to him and Ingram. And if that doesn't work, call Blackburn. I'm not sure what the order is, but I think those are the three leaders in the clubhouse. And if not, they should be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no question there. So Somebody so, needs to let the search firm do this. Uh, where is Parker? Yeah. Miss Parker. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right, so here's the question. Yep. It appears that level one NCAA violations have occurred. It appears that Tennessee has retained the law firm that kept who was it, UNLV? From the death penalty, was it UNLV? I believe so. The the well, I don't know what law firm it is, but I don't believe once the NCAA gave SMU the death penalty and they saw what how it devastating it was. I don't think you'll ever see anybody Mm-mm. get the death penalty again. I don't either. So if this law firm is touting itself as the one that kept UNLV <laughs> from the death penalty, that's strike one right there. But. Um, you're definitely going to see some issues mm-hmm. and you're going to see some sanctions, some sanctions, some scholarship reductions, some postseason bans, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and who knows what else? When is the last time UT has been banned from postseason play? I couldn't tell you. This I, don't, year. I don't think in my lifetime. I don't recall. I don't either. Um, I certainly can't speak to history of the, uh, you know, the seventies, sixties, fifties, and and beyond. But I don't know. I don't know that they ever. I don't have. know that they have. Yeah. banned from postseason because yeah. I mean before. I mean they, before eighty five, there weren't many bowl games anyway. Well, yeah. I mean, and clearly there have been times when they've not made bowls. Sure, but banned. I don't know that it's ever happened. So. This has happened before in the Southeastern Conference in the last 15 years. 15, 20. Well, yeah, I mean, it was 2001, 2002. Okay. Um, there were some scholarship limitations and recruiting things that, that went down in Alabama. As recently as, obviously, the Hugh Freeze situation at Ole Miss where there were some scholarship reductions at, at you know that sort of thing what those two schools did is they went and got former players who had coaching experience maybe not head coaching experience as a matter of fact they didn't but Mike Shula at Alabama Matt Luke mm-hmm. at Ole Miss essentially what they did was give up the opportunity to ever be a head football coach again in order to navigate their school 
through a turbulent and difficult time. Pick one for the team. Who's that guy at Tennessee? Well, fortunately, you posed this question to me yesterday, and I had, you had time, some time to, to think. Exactly, exactly. And there is a defensive coordinator at Appalachian State who has never been a head coach, who is 57 years old, and who would probably welcome the opportunity to end his coaching career as a head coach at his alma mater. And when you posed this solution, the more I thought about it, the more it makes perfect sense. Like you said, he's 57. The next step for him would be group of five head coach, maybe. The next step for him would probably be retirement. And so why not? Right? Bring Dale Jones home. I've got a name for you. It's a long shot, but it fits this to a T. David Cutcliffe ties the, the Mannings to that side of Tennessee. Uh, now, I, you know, I don't That's know if he plays, but, really but he's a Tennessee option. guy. You I, give him a ton of money and say, Cutcliffe, come home, well, see, here's retire the as a volunteer, Here, here's and help the us thing. steer the ship. Here's the thing. We're trying to save Give money. him a ton of money. You don't have to give Dale Jones a ton of money, most likely. We're trying to save money. $2.5 tops with Jones. And Cutcliffe wouldn't take it when they hire Pruitt. I know, uh, but I I think – with whoever, with the right AD, with perhaps the backing of the Mannings, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you you get some of those people. Uh, he's the guy that can help steer this for a couple of years, and it can be his retirement. Uh, I think as, it, as a as a vol for life, David Cutcliffe. Uh, I'm again. I think Cut may be closer to retiring than taking another job. Uh, I agree, but I, I, it's you know, I mean, if if that's the road you're going to take, if that's where you want to go, I think he's got to be towards the top of that list. What's a call you make? But I, like, that's my first call like, in this category. I like, I like that idea. Mm-hmm. I think it makes sense, and then you also have the potential to actually land Arch, hmm. which is which could make your. And it could transform a not-so-great football team into a decent team who wins four or five, six ball games over this turbulent period. Why not? We saw what Peyton did for Tennessee. I mean, word is Arch is every bit as good, right? That's what they say. Um, uh, that's a transcending type of quarterback. Can we get his wide receiver, too, though? With the name that, that comes bad? with it. If nothing else, Cutcliffe, just so you can get Arch, so you can get Peyton on board and everybody else, and then you get the next guy that fits into that mold as well. But I like Dell Jones. Mm-hmm. I like David Cutcliffe. I don't have a name for this. Because <laughs> I, I don't know. You just ask the question. I don't know Tennessee football history well enough, mm-hmm. right? But we've got to have a Matt Luke and Mike Shula. We've got to have somebody who's willing to 
sacrifice themselves. Because I, I don't, I don't, th- I don't know if anybody else is is going to come. That's not a Tennessee guy. Well, my thing is when when you when you pitch it that way, someone who's willing to sacrifice themselves. I mean, with the career that Cut has had, I'm not sure that is that the way you want to go out. Is not winning a lot of games at Duke in the a- in the bad ACC the way you want to go out? I think you go out a hero. Absolutely, hey, he's going to go my out point. a hero at Duke. I understand, but he could go out a hero at Tennessee, which is a big. Which difference. would you? Which hero would you rather be at Tennessee or Duke in football? Mm. Tennessee's a much bigger. I mean, we platform. love him. We love him, and whatever Everybody he does, loves it. You can well. There are a few people in uh, Eastern Ox- Mississippi who would disagree with you. Well, but <laughs> that's, that's on, on them. them. <laughs> Jinx, you owe me a coke. <laughs> Man, we've been we've been around each other far too long. We're, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Uh, I love the idea, and he's a proven guy. Mm-hmm. He's a proven he's a proven head coach, a proven winner. Whereas Dell Jones, we don't know as yeah. a head coach. Oh, sure, great defensive coach. Appalachian State's fantastic. He's been there for a while now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we've talked about Scott Satterfield, who you know, I don't think Scott Satterfield's coming. I don't think Jamie Chadwell's coming. The only up and comer who might come is Will Healy, and I would hate to do that to Will Healy because this does have. You know, when you said that, this has all of the Mike Shula, Matt Luke type implications on it, bringing you out of possibly the darkest chapter in Tennessee football and and just getting things back to respectability, maybe. So, although... Things weren't going to end for Matt Luke the way they did until they did. Still, though, you know. <laughs> there was probably an expiration date on him. It just wasn't as soon as Elijah Moore brought it about. Yeah, I mean, there was definitely an expiration date. Um, I think Elijah Moore helped make that an easier sale mm-hmm. but lane kiffin was going somewhere last year and old miss was like if we don't go now mm-hmm. we don't get lane kiffin well, i mean if that's who they if that was who they had decided they were going to get they wanted yeah so that's who everybody wanted i mean everybody in the southeastern conference said lane kiffin is the one guy you know if you're looking for a coach in the next two or three years he's the guy and if he was still fau today tennessee hmm. would call him tennessee's gonna call him anyway but he's going to be a tough sell in a lot for half of the circles. crowd. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for half the crowd, you're not going to make anybody happy with that. Everybody happy with that one. You're going to make at least half of them mad. I don't hate it because I mean I understood why he left, but uh, I, it's. It's going to be really polarizing. It's going to be tough for some UT fans to swallow just the fact that that call is made. Never, no, never mind if he were to actually accept it. So here's the question I have now, and for both of you: 
you get hired, you, you personally, you get hired as the AD. Which road are you taking for your new coach? Is it the biggest names like Casey talked about, like you talked about with Bob Stoops? Make them say no. Is it find somebody, find your Matt Luke, find your Mike Shula? Which road are you taking as an AD? Man, that's a good question. It depends. I, I, because realistically, looking at the whole thing, overarching, I don't know if you get the big name knowing what's coming out of Indianapolis. I don't see program. how you can. I don't see how you There's get an up-and-coming name. There's only one. One big name. And it's my number two. Stoops? Mark Richt. Oh. Hmm. Because what does he care? But he's wh- not He's not going to do it for a long time. So. Why would he want that, though? Why would he want to leave the studio for it? I don't know. But I think that he would. And he may not. I mean, if I'm Mark Rick, I don't want to go to Tennessee in this environment. I would. Let me put it this way: If there were huge sanctions coming down, we're getting you know we lose twelve scholarships a year. We're down to seventy or whatever it is. Two year bowl ban. Two year bowl ban. That sort of thing. And then, and I'm the AD. He's the only call I make on that list because the rest of my time is what I'm wasting time. I'm wasting my time. But he's the name I call. So you go, you take one shot at at a name, and then you take and that other path. Only Mark Rick. Yeah. And then I go the other way. That makes sense. Just for the fact that, again, I think he gives you some credibility with the NCAA that hardly anybody else mm-hmm. does. And is there something to be said for swinging and missing a lot with a coach at Tennessee? I mean, at some point, and they swung and missed a lot, a lot. Yeah. the last time. And so, you know, the idea that you just go out and try to get everybody you can, I don't know if, if it's realistic because at some point the program takes a hit because nobody wants to come. Right. It's the same thing that you said the other day um, about blackhead coaches. <laughs> yeah, except it's the program this Not time. Not the coach. Right. If you're swinging and missing mm-hmm. that often, then what is it you're doing? Yeah. Exactly. That's 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 yeah. causing you. It looks bad on your program, whether it's intended to or not. Right, and and that's what got John Curry fired, among other well, things. Well, that and fueling groomers while he was trying to work deals with Brom and uh, Shiano. But he was fueling groomers like crazy. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we got to take a break. When we come back. We will finish up Thursday with a little NFL football. I got one minor and, league tidbit. Ooh. And I have I have one question for you guys that's completely off sports topics that I will ask you um, as well. So we'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. 
When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. It is, in fact, the sports talk show you've always wanted. On Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, Chris Yalmo, Pat, and J.P. Plant with you here. 12 minutes to the top of the 11 o'clock hour as we wind down this Thursday show in the TriStar Sports Radio Network headquarters on West 7th here in Columbia, Tennessee. And the sports talk show you never knew you wanted. You didn't even know it. You didn't yep. know you needed it. But now you do. Yep. And if you missed any part of the show, you can catch it on the podcast. Available on sm-tnsports.com. It's available wherever you get your podcast. WZYXradio.net has it on their sports tab. You can go back and listen to any of the podcasts that we've uh, published in the past. Uh, real quick before we get to sports news and and questions and all of those things, did you know that on this date in 1985, a deep Arctic cold wave covered much of the Deep South? It was zero degrees in Muscle Shoals, so I know it was cold up here. Do you remember this? 85? 85 in January? Uh, on was this, it on this day? In 85. That's probably one of those mornings that I didn't get up and go to class at MTSU just because we didn't have carpet. I bet you didn't. Yeah. I bet you didn't. I'm just curious because I remember the 93 blizzard. That I remember. Mm -hmm. But. I don't remember 85. I was just curious if it was some kind of big event like the blizzard was. Everybody has a blizzard Nothing was a big event like the blizzard was. I told you. Uh Wound up twisting a knee <laughs> in the blizzard, but um, no, I don't. I don't remember the '85 cold snap. Okay, yeah, I was just curious. Might just be selective amnesia, though. I do remember when Jackson had a minor league baseball team. Those were, it seems like just yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> um, there's a story in this morning's Jackson Sun that um, Mayor Scott Conger announced yesterday. The team violated its lease for the um, the stadium down there, the city-owned stadium, after failing to remain affiliated with Major League Baseball, you mm. know, with the minor league re- restructure that took place. So, so how did the team That's like a double whammy. That's absolutely. So what, is, what does that mean then? That means that they need to vacate the stadium by February 15th. According to um, 
a Facebook post written by Mayor Scott Conger. Were they still an organization, though? They were still an organization. Um, reading from the article, on December 9th, Major League Baseball invited 119 teams to join its new minor league baseball system. The Jackson Generals weren't one of them. The Generals' lease with the city requires a single-A, double-A, or triple-A affiliation status, or the agreement becomes void. Hmm. So, Okay, so the Jackson Sun, and of that particular conglomerates, newspapers in this state, the Jackson Sun is among the best. <laughs> Not a high bar, but they do a really good job covering that particular area. Well, they seem to have more autonomy. Exactly. <laughs> because they're by themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's that's great for them. It is. It's um, great for them and for their readers. Absolutely. Yeah. The Jackson Sun launched an investigation or published a story about an internal investigation the city opened into the team's finances following uh the publishing of the Jackson Sun article. The Sun's investigation revealed team officials sought payment from the city for the cost of tickets and advertising the generals provided to its business partners. Basically, they were paid twice for the same service. So you know what? I can see why the city might be like, <laughs> you got to go. <laughs> Deuces. <laughs> uh, you don't have to go home, but you got to get out of here. You can't stay here. You can't stay here. Yeah, so. Okay. The irony is they have no home now. <laughs> well, they didn't have a team. Yeah. They, well, That's yeah. because they didn't have players. Well, they they didn't have an affiliation. Well, they yeah. didn't have players yet. So Major League Baseball was going to work with these teams that lost Major League affiliations to try to um um enter them in independent leagues, non-affiliated leagues and and I guess. Well, the Southern yeah. League can still have independent teams. Mm-hmm. And has yeah. in its past. Yeah. Not every team has always been affiliated with a major league team. Right. So, could have gone They're back not to, very good. No, no, they're not. <laughs> and it puts a lot more onus on that individual team because then you've got to make payroll and that kind of thing in addition sure. to putting on the games. So, it's, it's, a, different, it's a different ball game for yeah. those teams. Anyway, anyway, something to keep an eye on going forward there. Speaking of minor league, and you guys know my minor league um, love. Fetish. And <laughs> part of that, part of the reason for that, and I've told you about my my many trips to random cities across the United States to watch minor league football. One of the reasons that I was able to do that and one of the reasons that I enjoyed doing that so much was because of a man um, who joined the Steel Dogs fan club when I was probably 17, 18 years old. He joined us, started going on road trips, and then eventually he wanted to drive everywhere. Uh, so we did. We drove to Fort Myers, Florida. We drove, well, Estero, Florida. We drove to Tulsa, Oklahoma. We drove to Bossier City. We drove to Louisville. We drove everywhere to watch uh, the Steel Dogs uh, Ronnie Haygood, he um, unfortunately passed away uh, this week due to 
lingering complications from COVID, but I did want to mention him and just say how appreciative I am of what he did for for my love of minor league sports. He was a huge supporter of the Birmingham Bulls, the Birmingham Barons, and uh, really supported Birmingham in general in the minor league world. So just want to give him a shout out and uh, thank him for what he did for me uh, and, and Birmingham Pro Sports. I know this is a we're in Tennessee, but a lot of folks listening down there from what I understand. So that had to be fun road trips. You have no idea. <laughs> what what was the transportation like? Uh we usually rented a car. Okay. The, That's a the smart car, move. The car to to Estero, Florida was a Dodge Charger. <laughs> <laughs> and it was fun. <laughs> nice. Nice. But yeah. So anyway, um real quick before we get out of here, NFL playoffs it, it does appear Patrick Mahomes is ready to play AFC Championship game. Uh, they will take on the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen and Brian Dayball, who apparently is um, not interviewing for jobs anymore. Whether or not he may get one, I don't know. But, uh, yeah. So, thoughts on Bills Chiefs? That's a 540 kickoff on CBS on Sunday, by the way. Um. Until somebody beats the Chiefs, Chiefs are my pick. Yeah, I think you got to ride with them. With if Mahomes is healthy and and we saw that Henny can come in and finish the job. Yeah, I like the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are certainly the class, and again, the Bills have shown to be pretty good. I don't know if they're good enough. Um, I'll be interested to see defensively what Kansas City cooks up for Josh Allen. I I, um, I think he's going to throw them one late. And I've said that before, but I just I just think a young quarterback, first time on this stage, I'm not saying that it's going to be too big for him. I just think at some point he's, he's going to try to make a play that isn't necessarily there. Yeah, and I think Kansas City will make him pay for it. Um, in the NFC, it is Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks traveling to Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. It's obvious the Packers are supposed to win this one, right? I would think the Packers are supposed to win this one, if for no other reason than they're the number one seed and they're at home. So it's going to be cold. It's going to be cold, and Tampa Bay is a five seed. So, here's the thing. Um, we talked about Drew Brees and his issues throwing the ball downfield. Did you see what his wife posted? Apparently, she listed out all 11 injuries that he dealt with this year, including a torn rotator cuff. No wonder he couldn't throw the ball downfield. Stand by your man. Torn right rotator cuff? I don't know. Either way. I would assume, but, I mean, I don't know. Either way, that explains a lot. By the way, uh, both games on Sunday, three-point favorites for the home Home team. team. So, six points. Because you get three for being at home, right? Yeah, so even. Oh, so it's even. Yeah, pickums. Basically, right. pickums. Yeah, the wow. home team getting a three point spread at um, at home. Interesting. 
I like the Packers. I like the both home teams to cover. So there you go. All right, we'll be back tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. here on WKOM 1017 FM. We appreciate you guys listening down in Winchester, WZYX. Missed any part of the show? Catch it on the podcast. Find us on Twitter at SM underscore TNSports.com. For the Hall of Famer, Maurice Patton, JP Plan, our producer, I'm Chris Yao. Stay cool, Columbia.